Welcome to the Emerging Minds podcast. You're with Sophie Guy, and today I'm joined by Dominic Alford, coordinator of the Support for Fathers project at Relationships Australia Victoria. He's worked in the welfare sector for 12 years across child protection, foster care, parent education and teaching. Dom has experience facilitating fathers groups, implementing father-sensitive practice, and through the Support for Fathers project has developed an extensive network and knowledge base of fathers programs and fatherhood research around Australia. In today's episode, we talk about what he's learned from travelling around the country speaking to dads and why it is helpful for services to think about how accessible and engaging they might be from the perspective of men and fathers. Hi, Dom, and welcome to the Emerging Minds podcast. Thanks for having me, Sophie. In looking through the Support for Fathers website, I came across the Introduction to Working with Men and Family Relationships Guide, and it struck me as I was starting to read it about how we're living at a time that seems to be really polarised and this seems to lead to simplifications and generalisations about groups of people or topics when actually things are always inherently really complex and it stood out to me that there are these you know, fairly sort of stuck stereotypes which can sometimes be a bit negative about men and fathers and I really feel this is unhelpful and needs to change. And so I'm looking forward to this conversation today uh, to learn more about supporting fathers and fatherhood and, and how men feel about their roles. To start with, perhaps if you could tell us a bit about your background and how you came to be working with fathers and in the area of fatherhood. Yep, for sure. So my background as a social worker, I've come from working in residential care in the child protection system in Victoria, so working with the children and families who are part of that system and and then also working in foster care primarily and really just that sort of built up a lot of my knowledge and experience around vulnerable children and families going through child protection systems and and the supports around them. Um, and from that I've, I've definitely seen the huge gaps in terms of how parents of those children are supported. So when those children go into care systems, that the parents are you know, just often left for good reasons or bad reasons, they're, they're often left to sort of figure it out themselves and the support systems are there, but it's, they've got so many complex issues going on. And then usually it's the women and the mothers involved with those children who take on the responsibilities and, and the men and dads are quite often uh, not present. Um, so that sort of spurred my passion to work with fathers um, and coming to this role was just a really nice fit. It was a pretty rare um, project to be able to focus solely on fatherhood. So I was quite excited by that. And now with the role, just really just discovering more about what Australia's view on fatherhood and discovering uh, what sort of seems to be working and what doesn't in terms of how we support families and, and dads in those families and also just finding out from dads what kind of stuff they want to learn about and what drives them. And could you tell us then about the Support for Fathers project and give us an overview of that? Uh, so we're funded by the federal government through the Department of Social Services um, and it's part of a, a 12-year plan to reduce family violence in Australia put together in 2010. 
So there's been numerous projects funded through this this plan. Um, so it's a fantastic initiative, but we're in a unique position in this plan also because most of it's funded to around the response to family violence in Australia. So response services when you've had those crises, when you had family violence incidents. Um, but we're actually funded to do primary prevention work with men and dads and families and services. So we've been asked to provide opportunities for dads to learn about fatherhood and um, to have better engagement with support services and for professionals to, in those support services, to understand more about how to engage dads and get more dads involved in those services as well. So I say it's a bit of a two-way street, but it's probably like a seven-way street. We, it's not just services and dads putting up brick walls or, or letting each other engage. There's so many different elements there. So as part of that, to, I guess, deliver on that, we've put together some resources around fatherhood. So some key topics that we've found that people want to talk about and that also the research and the evidence indicates is, is what we need to be discussing. And one of those things is what you mentioned at the beginning there around the roles of dads and the types of dads that we accept in our society and that's what's expected of men. Um, and we've explored that in our resources. And then with the services, we put together a bit of a toolkit for them to, and it's just a bit of a step-by-step guide to give them support to engage dads, to get more dads involved in the services, and also just to share some of the research to say, hey, look, you know, it's really important to work with dads for these reasons, and it's really important to work with dads because it's going to have a great benefit on the whole family and the whole community. Yeah, Um Really keen to start hearing about what you've learnt from speaking to fathers. Um, you were telling me the other day that earlier in the project you travelled around Australia and held quite a number of workshops, was it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's a national project. Um, so while we're based in Melbourne, I've been travelling around um, Australia um, at the beginning of the project as part of a consultation to do the workshops and forums with dads and services and and find out really what you know those topics we should be talking about and lots of dads I think they they get that their role is the sort of traditional role is that's expected of them is to be a breadwinner kind of role and and to go to work and provide for their family that's sort of a safe or a comfortable position that a lot of men sit in and, and they feel like they're raised to be that way and it's expected of them from themselves from their family from their community from media from their workplaces that, you know, dads go to work and provide for their family. And then so then on top of that, a lot of dads were sort of saying, well, also I really want to spend a lot of time with my family and my kids and I, I go to work and I see them for half an hour when I get home and then they're off to bed and we're finding a lot of dads just really uh, craving more engagement with their kids in particular. So it's sort of a bit of a clash there where they're expected to be the breadwinner but they're also wanting to have more. So that's really that stuff we're talking about, about roles. That's really where it dawned on me that, you know, we really need to talk about this more and help dads explore what else they can do other than bring that breadwinner kind of dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so what were some of the other themes that came out of meeting with dads in this way? Yeah, uh, I think one of the other big thing I noticed is that there's more diversity in dads than I guess I even expected going into it. When I just think of dads, or I say the word dads, I just have one category and one column that I fit them into. 
But the more sessions that I did, the more I discovered that dads come in all different shapes and sizes. And I guess when you say it now, you're like, oh, of course. But the time I sort of go into is thinking, well, what are dads all about? And there's a diversity there in terms of dads that are in healthy relationships and they've got kids and then you've got single dads or you've got separated dads or granddads in one group who had all those kind of dads and we even had a foster dad in there as, as well. And it was just a really diverse group and we only had 25 dads together and there was probably 10 different types of dads there. And what the commonality there was around their roles as a dad and the kind of dads they wanted to be that they found. And when we explored the different types of dads, I primarily use our resource called Seven Types of Dad and help dads explore their roles and what they want to do. They found a lot of commonality and, and they bonded really well despite the diversity and differences in their, their lives. Okay. How did you engage these men to come along to the workshops? So from the beginning, I've really reached out to services and local council networks because we've had this project that's had absolutely zero sort of awareness outside of our little bubble in in Melbourne's or just in at Relationships Australia Victoria. So just really relied on kind of the goodwill of other people to share the project and to get engaged and get involved um, mm-hmm. and really found that there's such a thirst for more knowledge around fatherhood and more work around this that I just was inundated with people coming back to me and saying that they want to be involved and they want to help support the project and they want to host a forum or a workshop or whatever it is and they're like yep great I've got 10 dads that we catch up once a week and I'll bring them along to your session when you come to Adelaide or whatever it is. So it was just this real passion out there because I think there's such a huge gap in that we don't provide many services focused on fatherhood and there's people out there just doing this individually and people just see the gap and, and they, they're they really excited to do something about it. Okay. So you get the impression from the men that you spoke with that they don't feel that there's any services specifically or programs for them and that they really want that. They're, they're looking for something like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I always say to people, to professionals that when they're engaging that if you've got a dad who's turned up to your service it means they're really keen so don't just assume that they don't want to learn or they don't want to listen to what you have to offer them because um, there's a bit of a sort of a stigma I guess around men engaging with services that they don't want to engage um, but well they've turned up so they're, they're really keen then it really yes I think they feel like there's not much on offer for them um, and maybe they've engaged with maternal child health centres or have engaged with, you know, through local council, through whatever sort of community parenting stuff they've got going on or family events and just mm-hmm. find that they'd like something that's a bit more focused on fathers um, and they don't see themselves in the, the imagery or the posters or the pictures that are, that are put out by the services. Um, when they see families, it's definitely mums and kids and not always dads in those pictures. And we, mm. I talk about that as being really important, is that you can't expect people yeah. to turn up if they don't see themselves in a picture, you know. Yeah. Is it that a lot of services and publicity material things 
we've kind of not realised but that it's subconsciously more appealing to women or mothers? Is yeah. that kind of what it looks like out there for fathers? Yeah, I think if we had to generalise, yeah, yes. There's definitely cases where the people are doing fantastic work around engaging men mm-hmm. in services. But on the whole, yeah, for sure. Uh, and there's a couple of reasons behind that. Um, there is that traditionally these services, when they focus on families, they were focused on mothers and children first. And that's sort of a historical thing. Something can't change. So culture is quite ingrained in that. But you've also have reasons to why men don't access services. For men, maybe they don't want to. Maybe they're not interested. Maybe it's just not something that they want to do. Uh, maybe they're not aware that they can access those services. And maybe then they're also not comfortable around feeling confident enough to put their hand up and say, actually, I need some support. And then on the flip side with the services, yeah, that culture around that they're used to working with mums in the families um, and they're used to dads not being present when they engage with services. And so that's really, really ingrained in the culture. And I, as myself as a social worker, I'm definitely part of that. And I remember in working in family services that if you saw a mum and a dad listed as a contacts and you're like, well, who am I going to call first? And you're like, well, I'll call mum because she'll answer and she's not at work. And maybe you don't want to call the dad and maybe you feel more confident in your conversation with the mum. So you just go that way. It's also just a bit of a leap of faith for professionals to say, actually, let's call dad. Let's see what he has to say. And so there's quite a few barriers that have been put up by dads and families and services. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what else did you learn from fathers that you met with about what it is they're wanting to learn or their perspective on being fathers in Australia? I think the biggest thing was coming back to the balance between work and life, that they want to fit in more parenting into their day. And dads really enjoy being nurturing and affectionate with their kids. And they're not just that, you know, talked about the breadwinner dad or the playful dad. They're the two sort of safe dads that I talk about with people, but they really love the nurturing stuff, the cooking dinner or putting the kids to bed or bath time stuff. And they really love being affectionate. They love hugs and cuddles and kisses and saying I love you to their kids. Again, I'll say this now, you might sort of think, well, that's obvious, but, you know, when you there's this sort of perception around dads and particularly with services engaging dads that we generalise them a bit too much, so... And looking a bit more at dads as individuals and not just, you know, mm-hmm. the same as the next dad who walks in the door. Mm-hmm. And how comfortable did you find these dads were in talking about these different parts of their roles? Is it still hard because of stereotypes or stigma about how men are supposed to yeah. be? Or how did you find it? Again, maybe it comes back to that. It's getting to know your dad is the, one of the first things I talk to professionals about. Um, so that maybe comes back to that is actually spending time to get dads to share their stories and asking them what it's like to be a dad, building some trust in getting them and sharing stories around fatherhood is a great way to get men to open up around what it's like for them as a dad. With the groups that I've run um, or the dads I've talked to one-on-one or whatever it is, once they get started, they've got a thousand stories to tell. They're very reflective. They, they'll open up and, and it's hard Particularly in the group setting, I feel like I barely get through all this content I've got planned and all these great activities I've got planned for these dads because mm. 
by the time I do the first activity and they get started, the conversation just goes and goes. And I don't really want to stop it because I feel like these men don't don't ever have this opportunity to talk to other dads. And so I was like, well, why stop this now? And that's what I share with, with a lot of people is that, you know, once you get dads talking to each other, they're not going to stop and they really enjoy it. And and it's that connection that they're developing or they're realising that, you know, oh, this guy actually gets me because he's another dad and, and there's something unique about being a dad that maybe only people in those father figure roles can understand. Mm-hmm. Mm. Was there other things that came out of that as well? Yeah, the, definitely the big things are around the roles, uh, the types of roles that dads can play. The other thing was around relationships, so relationship with their partner but also with their child. So just having some sort of guidance around what is a I guess, a healthy relationship and providing some sort of benchmark to say, you know, this is what is a positive relationship. And that was really important for us to get that out there as well because we're, if we're talking about reducing family violence and we're talking about engaging men in this discussion, healthy relationships is, is huge. Uh, we want you know, to provide some sort of benchmark around that is huge. Mm-hmm. Also just around dads being a, a really good role model for other dads in their life. So whether it's their brother or brother-in-law or another dad they see at the playground, some of the things that came out was that dads want to be a good role model in the community or at their junior footy club or whatever it is. And that was really great. And one of our topics there is called Dads Raising the Next Generation. And that's really saying that dads are really important in raising the next generation of kids and here's some reasons why. And so this information that you gathered, you have used this, have you, to um, develop resources or select resources to put on the website and make available? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it just gave us a bit of guidance to put together our first seven resources, the seven key topics that we found were coming out. And then we've got a few more to come. And they're all just based on the feedback we got from the National Survey and from those forums with dads and professionals and from the research that we've gathered that other people have done. And um, do you have a sense of to what extent men are engaging with the resources on the website? What happens now in terms of ongoing work? Yep. So the workshops that I've been talking about were, were at the beginning of the project and now we're sort of at the other end where after publishing our website and the resources and toolkit, we're actually running training and delivering on all those things. And now with coronavirus and the shutdown in, in Victoria, meaning that we can't travel anymore. Uh, we're running all everything online. So up until March, I was travelling around Australia doing training for services and I was doing dads sessions for dads and using our resources in those sessions. Um, and now we're doing it all online. And that'll continue through till March 2021. And the training's for dads? Yeah, that's it? right. Yeah, it's called Dad Stuff. Um, and so they're webinars i'm running the monthly and then the working with dads webinars we've got them running as a sort of a series okay and and that's directed at practitioners and services. yeah yeah and that's really around the focus around the toolkit and and the resources and train them up in, in in hopefully engaging dads more effectively yeah, could you talk a bit more about that side and um you mentioned the toolkit could you talk a bit more about that yeah sure so really just trying to increase the opportunities for dads to access services. And so I guess I've talked a bit about, you know, the side where dads are on, but with professionals, uh, really just getting them to think more about why it's important to engage dads. So in the toolkit, 
or talk about some of the research out there and that's showing that there's there's actually evidence to show that dads um, have a parenting influence that's a really important factor in childhood development. And it's a parenting mm-hmm. influence that's separate to mums. What does that look like? What is that influence? When I say separate, not better, or you don't have to have one or the other or have both. It's just um, something unique, I guess, is probably a better yeah. word. And that's, that's really just about saying that there's an approach that dads can have to parenting that traditionally and, and you know, generalising that is different to what uh, women provide and that can be really important in childhood development. And maybe an example might be around the way that they play or the way they interact with a child or the way that they teach their child may not be the same way and maybe it's around being a role model rather than being a a teacher or showing their child by example rather than explaining it to them maybe. Look, I'm just giving some examples. I guess what I was curious about is does it link to developing specific traits or competencies in kids or is it not that specific? Look, I haven't got the the research study in front of me, but, yeah, it's specifically around when we talk about childhood development, it's, it's around all areas of their development. It's about healthier outcomes overall for the children. And, yeah, I also talk about the research out there that say that when dads are having really positive involvement or a great day or a great month in their life, this has really positive impacts on the whole family. So we're just highlighting that, you know, dads can be unique in their parenting styles or influence, that it's really important to focus on the positives in their life as well. And then the more that dads get involved in their family life, the more they get involved in healthy community activities. So I really talk about that there's a bit of a pathway you can follow to say that dads are important. They can have a really great impact on family life and they can have a great impact on their community as well if you're supporting them to be involved. Sharing lots of that research with professionals is the first step. And I think it's really important because I remember as a worker myself, uh, the one thing I was always sort of frustrated with is that there's such a great research out there, but no one's really making it, you know, putting it in layman's terms and making it easy for workers just to access or understand. Because if you read a research study uh, you know, or a paper, or you've got to be able to just understand the language. You can't just pick it up and read it in two minutes sort of thing. That's right. And also a lot of it's behind paywalls anyway. You can't access this that's stuff. That's right, definitely. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's been a big aim for me is to get that research into simple terms and you know I'm sure some academics probably aren't wrapped with that because they spend so long precisely describing their work uh, mm. that I just put it into simple language and probably you know, <laughs> uh, I could be more eloquent with it but I'm trying to make it so that the average worker in Australia case manager can pick it up and use it or um, yeah. they can just go oh yeah I get it great and that's it you know that <laughs> They don't need to do much more. Uh, They're like, oh, it's good to know that I'm on the right track or, oh, actually, I could do that next time. I'll give that a go. That's sort of the starting point with professionals is around just sharing that research and then focusing on the ways that they work with that. So from all the way from the flyers they produce, the imagery they use, the venues they host their events in and also where they share their flyers and all their marketing tools. So um, just saying to them, look, if you... You're sharing your flyer or your social media stuff through the same networks that you've always been sharing through. Have a think about who's actually reading those things. So if you're sharing them through your community networks and your schools and your kinders and childcares, well, the majority of people reading those posts are women and mothers because they're joined up and they follow those places. So 
think about where else you could be targeting your promotions to say, well, this is actually going straight to men or this is going straight to dads. That's the kind of stuff we talk about in the training from the promotion all the way through to how they run groups with dads and how they keep dads involved. And there's lots more in that, I guess. Yeah. And what are some of the places you talked about where you might leave flyers? Where would you leave them where fathers are more likely to find them? Acknowledging that definitely going through dad's partner is one avenue to get dad's sort of engaged in a service. Uh, but just say, wouldn't it be great if we go straight to dad? So I'd explore with those professionals and say, well, in your community, where would you go and find a group of dads? If you had to go find them right now, where would they be? Um, so the answers usually are at work or on a Saturday, you might find them at Bunnings or you might find them involved in a sports club. And it you know, depends on where I am and the answers you get. In rural communities, you do have that sort of link with the sports clubs on the weekends that are a bit stronger. Um, but saying, well, where are dads? They're at work. And we base that off the statistics from the Australian Institute of Family Studies and saying that the majority of dads are at work and they go to work from shortly after the child's born and, and they go to work full-time and they remain full-time for the child's sort of life. So we can't deny that they're at work, so we try and find ways to engage them. So you're running something in, during the day or you want to engage those dads, let's go to workplaces and let's you know, go through dads that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else is in the toolkit or, or, or is important for practitioners and services to think about in engaging fathers? So we talk about language being really important as well. So you know, from the language you use in the flyer to the language you use in your course uh, or whatever content you're sharing or delivering to these dads. Again, just coming back for that starting point of if you're running like a parenting course and you want to do one just for dads, well, where does this parenting course come from? And, and going back to that and having a look at well, who actually informed this parenting course? Was it primarily with done with mothers and as a research group or as the focus group? And, and then you know, if you're just changing the word from mum to dad all the time in this course, you want to make one for dads then that's a starting point but really just going a bit further and, and providing case scenarios and context that is a bit more relevant to dads and getting people just to think a bit more and, and taking a step further rather than just swapping out the word mum for dad in their flyer or their course or or their work so that's that's a big one and when they engage dads actually sort of inviting them to attend things so if they have the opportunity to send out a letter or a flyer so like a school might be sending out a letter to their parents to say you know we've got a a father's day event on or we've got a parenting family event that they want more dads to come along to and we say well you've actually got to invite dads because they're most likely not going to read that newsletter and mums will and they may pass it on or not or it just sits on the kitchen table for two weeks um, and then also that it just says the appearance, there's an assumption there that that's for mum and that's not for dad. And again, we're generalising here, but if you can just have the opportunity to say, hey, dads, this is for you. We want you to come along. You're going to get more dads coming along because they're like, oh, right, yeah, great. You know, I'll do this because it's for my child and it's for me and it's for our family. And it says, dear dad, and, you know, it's called dad's family day or something like that. So 
Just make uh-huh. it really explicit around inviting dads to your service. And then when they get to your service, you know, you have that imagery where they see some dads around. They're like, oh, great. This is where I belong because there's pictures of dads here. And again, it just sounds really simple, but it's stuff that just doesn't happen. So yeah. uh, I don't feel like I'm doing anything groundbreaking here, but <laughs> professional services haven't had many opportunities to explore this stuff, really. Yeah. That's really what is the biggest benefit is they get the chance to sit down for a couple of hours in a training session and kind of go, oh, yeah, look, I can do that. And I try and provide things in the toolkit, things that they can actually just go and do straight away. And it doesn't require an overhaul of their case management system or it doesn't require an overhaul of their uh, marketing tools. It just requires little tweaks here and there that work for them, that they're happy with, that they can just go and do and hopefully it has a good impact on how they engage dads. A question that was popping into my mind, but I was just curious to ask whether you heard from dads around how they see their role in supporting their children's social and emotional well-being. Did you have many conversations about that? Yeah, so the thing that drives dads the most is their connection with their child. So I say to people that that's something we should focus on and the dads are saying, you know, let's, let's celebrate this and let's explore this, let's develop this even more. And for professionals, they say, well, this is an opportunity to engage with these dads. If you engage with them around their children, that's what drives them the most. So with dads, always just talking about whatever they're doing, they're doing it with their kids and really just getting them to explore that connection with their kids and, and how their kids are going. And maybe that links into that the social and emotional well-being stuff that you're talking about. And getting them to explore the different ways that they can connect with the kids. And that would have a, a great impact on their well-being. And getting them to say, well, there are different ways you can bond with your kids. And one of them might be is that you're playing with them one-on-one. Another one is that if you have you have to be at work all the time, there's, there's ways that you can still bond with them. And we explore that with dads. And, and I think that goes a long way to improving that connection between the kids and the dad and also that social and emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. We've covered pretty well what I'd hoped we would cover. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we wind things up? I think really just that from our work, we're just really hoping that dads get the opportunity to learn more about fatherhood and that there's not enough options out there for dads. It wouldn't be great if you know a dad had choices in the types of program he could be involved in rather than just having the one option all the time. And for dads, I like to focus on them as a role model, not just in their family, but in their community, and just say to them, you're really important to your family and you're really important to your community. So, you know, when you're at the playground with your kids, you know, you're a role model to that other dad or that dad who's expecting or, or whatever it is. It's really important, all the things you do around your relationships and being respectful and, and promoting, you know, healthy relationships. That sounds like a really good note to end it on. So um, thank you very much for your time today, Dom. I really appreciate it. Not a problem, Sophie. Visit our website at www.emergingminds.com.au to access a range of resources to assist your practice. Brought to you by the National Workforce Centre for Child Mental Health, led by Emerging Minds. The National Workforce Centre for Child Mental Health is funded by the Australian Government Department of Health under the National Support for Child and Youth Mental Health Programme.